So what the intro will be us chanting Candace party? Are we chanting? I thought we were just saying. I thought we were just I'll just say it. Candace party. Why is it just you saying it? Because it's we're just we're not gonna. There's nothing yeah, to do in unison. It sounds wrong to be like in Candace no. no. party. Candace party. That's how they do it. They go Candace party. Candace party. And then she goes. It's not a party. It's an intimate gathering. Yeah, but it's weird if we're just doing that with no music. Yeah. Okay, then I'll go boom, jump. <laughs> we should just I don't think we need any Candace party Candace party It's not a party It's an intimate get together That's like shaking Candace my ears party. Candace party You were petting me <laughs> um. <laughs> We'll just at the top We'll say welcome to Candace party It's not a party We'll just say it We could just have Let's just do each of us saying it, and then bam, you have one for each of the episodes. Great. Molly, you go first. Welcome to Candace Party. It's not a podcast, it's an intimate get-together. Okay. <laughs> we'll say, hello. Hello. Molly, you can't just say hello. There's so much more to tell the people. You have to tell the people that this is a um, Phineas um, and Ferb rewatch podcast where three adults siblings are going to revisit Phineas and Ferb and prove once and for all definitively that it is not just a great show for children, but that it is also a great program for adults. Now, will you please repeat all of that I'm back say, exactly? You should I was just, just say, say hello. Say, you should really just do it. I like already, this whole thing. Okay, okay. Pack it and go. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, this show is is that. It is it is a Phineas and Ferb rewatch oh, podcast. We, are we like using that? <laughs> oh, well, the way you said it makes me think we shouldn't. <laughs> well, I, we didn't all say Hi. <laughs> I thought we were all going like, hi, hey, hello. That was the ventriloquist dummy at the end? There was no, there's not four of us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You know what? We're getting too into the... (laughs) Did you mock your own laughter? (laughs) Okay, let's... But they're not going to know that was me. I think anyone... You know what? Here's my social security number. (laughs) Everyone listen up. Everyone, do you have a pen? (laughs) I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> you know what? No. Actually, no. No starting over. This. We're using this. Let's do this. Here's yes. what we're going to do. Okay. We are going to clearly introduce the podcast. <clears throat> we are going... <laughs> yes, I'm going. I got that. We're going to clearly introduce the podcast, yes. its title and premise. What is it? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> no, well, I'll tell you what, once we're done. Oh, I'm, oh so you're going to tell me. <laughs> we're doing... Why the audience? No, we are going. We are going to summarize. So early in the show, too. Oh my god! <laughs> I will tell you when to say hello. All right, that is the gist of what is happening yeah. here. Okay, you got a boss. Yeah. I got a. I'm the boss. No, wait, wait, I'm not your boss. Okay, we're siblings. We're siblings. Okay. What? I mean, yes, yes. Okay. It is a Phineas and Ferb rewatch podcast where. We, three adult siblings, are going to watch through all of Phineas and Ferb and prove once and for all definitively that Phineas and Ferb is for adults and for children, but that's to a much lesser extent. Here with me today are my co-hosts and (laughs) co-siblings, Molly. Hi. You sound like you said that at gunpoint. Let's. Well, you, you were gesturing with your I hand, point, kind pointing. of in the shape of a gun a little bit. It, so fingers are always in the shape of a gun, Molly. That's a rule. That's a fact. Point at someone and not look like you're doing finger guns. This is a visual podcast, but she succeeded in that task by just sort of pointing forward with a fist. All right, you did great. <laughs> here today, 
I thought it was wonderful. <laughs> the person who is happily agreeing with this method of pointing is Ryan. Ryan, say hello. I am so happy to be here. <laughs> if you don't I drop am... that voice, they're going to think that's who you really are. <laughs> you got him. <laughs> <laughs> hello, I'm Ryan. I don't sound anything like that. You sound a little bit like that. What? <laughs> okay. Anyway, today we're going to be, this is our first episode. And as you can tell, everything's great. This this car has sturdy it wheels. I am happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's really going to keep going. Okay, you know what? Do you want me to drop the bit? I can drop the bit. I would appreciate you dropping the bit. I don't even know if they. <laughs> I don't even know if they can hear the bit. Who knows? All right. Okay. I really hope they can. That was pretty strong. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Pretty okay. proud of that one. Before we begin <clears throat> discussing the Phineas and the Ferb, mm-hmm. there's there's just one quick thing we have to get out of the way. Right. And that is, uh, what order are the episodes of Phineas and Ferb in? You know, because because we all remember that wonderful magical night. Unless we're too young to remember it, or too old, or we just weren't watching TV. That wonderful magical night after the premiere of High School Musical 2, when we, the world, first met Phineas E. Ferb. It was a great night, really. I know exactly where I was when I first saw (laughs) Phineas and Ferb. It's like when Kennedy got shot. Everybody knows where they were. I know where I was. I was in Mom and Dad's room. I was just going to say, we were in Mom and Dad's room. Looking at that really, really tiny TV. Yeah. To watch Phineas and I Ferb. remember us making sure to look to see Miley Cyrus in um, High School the very last scene of High School Musical 2. Yes, it was her cameo. It and we was. got to vote on which star had the cameo. But, but like, like, were those votes real? I don't think so. It's like the Kids' so. Choice Awards. Aren't those a sham? Uh, well, They're a sham, I tell you. Well, hold on now. Don't I, believe I, the I, lies. I'm just going to go attack the KCAs right out the gate Well, here. I mean, when was the last time a Disney... Shoot me. When was the last time a Disney show won that <clears throat> Nickelodeon Children's Award? Huh? Like... Think about it. Like, did, did a Disney show ever win one of those? How could the children honestly be voting if Nickelodeon wins every time? Were they, like, nominated? I feel like they nominated uh, some Disney stuff. Really? Sure. For cartoons? I thought they did. Now I'm getting really suspicious of the KCAs, but I don't remember them enough. I don't want to just call them yeah. out. Because it's still my dream cares? to get an orange blimp. You know what oh else may have God. been a... Sh- what? You don't it's want an, an achievable dream. Blimp? Yeah, I'm not going to get an Oscar, but I was hoping for a blimp. I mean, Matthew Lillard has one for the Scooby-Doo movie, doesn't he? Didn't he win Favorite Fart in a movie? I do believe he won <laughs> Favorite Fart in a movie for that. The real award that poor Matthew Lillard, a good actor and a good man, had to accept. I mean, I hey, guess, look. Danny, he, just because you don't like fart comedy doesn't mean that isn't what some actors strive to achieve. I think that I think that a good number of people would, would be unhappy accepting that award. I do have a award. question. Yes. So... Um, <clears throat> what order does mm. what 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 order are we discussing? Thank you, the, Ryan, for remembering for, what the show's for, about. Yeah, Phineas and Ferb has been <clears throat> seen in many orders. We all know that it begins with the the beloved roller coaster episode, the pilot, the nexus of the Phineas and Ferb universe. But then after that, it's all in the weeds, insanity. And if you go on Disney Plus right now. Phineas and Ferb is in a gobbledygook order made by crazy people that have never seen Phineas and Ferb because it starts with the time travel episode and then the second episode is, dude, we're getting the band back together as if that was the second ever episode of nonsense. It doesn't even start with the roller coaster. It's an actual insane order. Like, it looks like you gave a monkey a typewriter and they just, you know. They typed the order. They, they, they typed the, the order, yeah. That's At what random. you want to go with? I, I, I don't know. A monkey I, had a typewriter? Yeah. 
Is Kitty there a monkey a with a typewriter inside of your head making you <laughs> There's a platypus controlling her. Be. He's underneath he the table. He's underneath the table. At any rate, the order on Disney Plus is incorrect. The creators of the show, Dan <clears throat> uh, Pavanmeyer and Swampy Marsh, they are aware of this. And allegedly they've been trying to fix it. But Disney but is a cold corporate machine. They're not in charge of that. And I no. would like everyone to know that. I just want to know why it even happened in the first place. Well, I think part of the reason it could have happened is that there's always just been a really bizarre order. We had the production order of Phineas and Ferb, the airing order of Phineas and Ferb. And uh, because we had this confusion as well when Disney ran a marathon of every episode of Phineas and Ferb. And we were recording it on the DVR and they aired it in a weird order for that as well, which I believe is still different than the Disney Plus order. Which there was also an order when it was streaming on Netflix, which is different than this Disney Plus order. Yes, that was just you wait. I have some comments Mm -hmm. on that. There's, we're, we're furiously angry, as you can tell. This keeps us awake at night. But I'm absolutely peeved, but I'm still so happy to be here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you Ryan. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, uh, it's a different order. So we're going through the production order, the order in which the episodes were actually written uh, and storyboarded and animated, all that good stuff. They made them in this order. That's probably the best way to view it if you're trying to keep track of any running story throughout Phineas and Ferb. And there is a surprising amount of running story throughout Phineas and Ferb, which is why it is for adults. And speaking of why Phineas and Ferb is for adults, <clears throat> although we are trying to keep this podcast relatively family-friendly every week, I think it's important that in order to remind the world that Phineas and Ferb is for adults, I will have to ask both of you one adult-centric Phineas and Ferb question. Oh, yeah. And today, to start off Phineas and Ferb, here's my question. Of the Phineas and Ferb characters, who do you think has either already killed someone or is most likely to kill someone in the future? Like, just who of the Phineas and Verb cast has taken a life? And and I definitely want to say Irving in, like, a very creepy, stalkery way because he gives me that vibe. Remake of Misery. Yes. Instead of Kathy Bates, it's it's Irving. But as I say that, and I think of when I first see Irving, I have to think that Belgique did cut open that fly and... He did what he had to do to survive. Yeah, that was first. But that's a life. So, so if he could take that life, <clears throat> I think he could do yeah. it again. I think that he'd be the person, the first one to resort to cannibalism if he needed to in the mountains. Ryan, what what are your thoughts? I, I definitely do agree with Irving. When when Danny said that, that was the first person that popped in my head because, like you said, he definitely stalks Phineas and for You mentioned something before we were watching the episode, the Backyard Beach episode, um, which I know we're not talking about right now. But does he actually live behind them? Or does he just, like, pop up on the side of their friends? No, he is their neighbor, I believe. Or no, he's not. No, I think he's just been following them and they didn't realize. Okay, so yeah, then he's, he's definitely, like... I think that is the backyard of the old <clears throat> woman voiced by Goldie Hawn who runs the pyramid scheme later on in the show when Candace is... Isn't it Thaddeus and Thor? Thaddeus and Thor? No, I think I think we're picturing there being only one side of the fence, but it's a cube-shaped backyard one side leads to their, like, side driveway. Yeah. But then there's two sides, and I think one of those is where Thaddeus and Thor... And even then, I think, aren't Thaddeus and Thor coming to visit? Aren't they, like... Don't they not... I guess they we'll cousins? have to see when we get to that episode. I don't have that strong memory I try of the not to, I try not to think about Thaddeus and Thor, because they honestly scare me. They guys, scare me what as do, well. What do you guys think about Stacy? I feel like Do you think Stacy's very... killed someone? I don't know. She's the only she's one like, who... so just, like... She's the only one who has a knowledge of the Alka organization. She knows that Perry is an agent, if I recall correctly. Isn't she the only one who ever finds out? 
As far as I know. There's that episode where she's trying to watch The Grudge on TV. Mm. Or The mm. Grief. The Grudge is the real movie. She's watching Grievance or whatever it's called. I will have to see. I don't know. Who do you think, Danny? Who do you yeah. think killed someone? Who do I think has killed someone? I <laughs> honest to, I honestly think, um, and I know we don't want to think about this. I know that no one wants to contemplate this. But I do think that Perry the Platypus might have killed someone. And I know that we don't want to think this. He is a lovable semi-aquatic egg-laying mammal of action. We love Perry. He's an mm-hmm. icon. I have a little stuffed Perry. I just, I think that when he drops that roller coaster from the helicopter, <laughs> I don't like, I'm not one of those people that's, who likes, that's a very fair point. I don't, I'm not one of those people who likes analyzing like, oh, you know, Wiley Coyote should be dead because they dropped an anvil on him. I don't like that. That's boring. That's too realistic. It's a cartoon. But he dropped a roller coaster from the sky onto a city. He's not dropping it in the suburbs. He drops it down onto the road and Phineas and Ferb wander into a construction site on their roller coaster. What if there's just a car in the street? Why is Danville so empty? Well, we know where that landed. Yeah, they drop the roller coaster and then Phineas and Ferb go off the roller coaster into the construction no, site. and they. I'm talking about what we learned from Milo Murphy's Law. Oh, what happened with the roller coaster. What happened with the roller coaster. So we know that there are consequences to dropping the roller coaster. But I think that you, that's a good point, though, because although we know that at that point in time, dropping the roller coaster, at least this time around, we don't know which time that that yeah. uh, landed. Because two there. roller coasters have been built and dropped. Right. So, but... That just shows the carelessness of some of Perry's actions. Any other thing that he's dropped, blown up, thrown, kicked, like that could have killed someone. I, I, I see that. Certainly. The line of duty might have called for it. I mean, do you think he doesn't care about human life? No, I think Perry values human life immensely. At least I know, Phineas I know, and Ferb. I was just going to say, I know he values Phineas and Ferb and mm. maybe, you know, like at some points, Candace. But like, I don't know. I feel like he's just so cold and unfeeling. I think that Perry's very emotional. I, I think see that so he, much love. Out he of cries him. when Doof starts fighting Peter the Panda. There's that, love in that, his heart, but there's also a lot of animosity for Doof and Schwartz too. Yeah, but I think it might be the fact that Peter the Panda could, you know, like take out Doof and Schwartz, and that is his thing to claim. Yeah, you know, like mm. he's encroaching on his target. Like how the Joker will try to kill someone else if they try to hurt Batman. Right. 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 Uh, you think that Perry the Platypus uh, I, I is think, as bad as the I Joker? I think Perry the Platypus is the Joker in this situation. He is not <laughs> the Batman. Because think about it. Like, the Batman. <laughs> I like Danny. when people call him the Batman like he's a mysterious. It's the Batman. Sorry. He's the Batman. Oh. But in this case, Doofenshmirtz is the Batman. Doofenshmirtz is the Batman? <laughs> well, You're Perry's just going to say his secret identity I am vengeance. I am the knight. Um... Is yeah, I would agree with you with that Perry might have killed someone. I hope not. Yeah, no. I hope not, but I think, you know, sometimes the line of duty might call for that. I don't, I'm not saying it's not justified. Do you think he has a license to kill? <laughs> Do you think Alka has some sort of license? He might Ooh. have a license to bill. Oh, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Molly, really Molly. Good, work. good work. That was really good. Put that on um, a t-shirt. Disney? Hey, Disney, I know you already sell 800 Perry the Platypus t-shirts, but could you do me a favor? We could have done this as our merchandise, Danny. We don't, we can't make merchandise. We don't own Perry the Platypus. You just do it a bill and you, uh, you write license and a bill. to bill on our, yeah. <laughs> our website. Yeah, license to bill. And you know, I'm going straight for your heart. That is, of course, the Gladys Knight song, License to Kill, from the James Bond film of the same title. We'll be coming right back at you after this uh, five-minute weather break. Um, Stay tuned to W101.
There's rain. Great. There's rain. Okay, good weather. Five minutes of this. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you, you have to be five minutes. <laughs> you have no doubt. I will just get my five minutes. So about this raid, I, uh, I hear it's gonna be wet. I hear it's gonna come from the sky. Now get this, get this. This is breaking news right here. Put the put the graphic on the screen. It's a podcast. I don't understand. All right, <laughs> um, <laughs> it comes from clouds. <laughs> but you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> I don't. I don't, don't want to start something here. Now seems like a great time to talk about the first episode well, we have today. Well, I just would like to say that you said that we were going to determine the best episode of Phineas and Ferb. Oh, did I? Did yeah. We have, did we never... Did we never... We never told them. Okay, no. everybody everybody, shush. This is the most important part, all right? This is why we're making the podcast. Well, also proving that it is well, valid and, and that we're not that, crazy. Yeah, we're not crazy. But well, we are. in order yeah, to I mathematically... I'm speaking. In order to mathematically, empirically, scientifically determine... Undeniably unreliably. (laughs) (laughs) She's really most sincerely dead. In order to prove once and for all that Phineas and Ferb is not only the greatest program ever made, but is for adults, we will be scientifically calculating the best episode of Phineas and Ferb. And here now to explain some math-ish stuff that I don't understand is Molly and Ryan. Hello. Hi. I don't know what these bits you're doing are. Um, okay, so it's not quite me- Excuse me for having a personality, you board of wood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The board of wood is from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. We're talking about Phineas and Ferb. Blank. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we are going to be making a bracket of the best quotes from Phineas and Ferb. Um, so as we watch, we're writing down our favorite quotes from the episode, the things that basically make us laugh out loud. And we're going to, um, at the end of each season of Phineas and Ferb, get a top four quotes from this season. We will also be doing that with the top four songs from each season, and then the top four just general episodes from each season. And then at the end of the series, we're going to put all those top fours into a bigger bracket for each category to determine the best quote from Phineas and Ferb, the best episode from Phineas and Ferb, and the best song from Phineas and Ferb. I believe he said that Molly and Ryan would be describing <laughs> what we what this is about and how we're, how we're going to go about this. For once, it was nice to have some information uh, sort of nicely, neatly explained instead of, yeah, and I it's would wet. Like, okay. But, you know, like, I mean... Okay, it's, well, that I, made it sound bad. I do agree she monopolized. But, okay, but I would have liked to show that I can both have a comedic side as well as a serious side. Yeah, way to save that sentence. Okay, let's let's stop. Okay. Did you get a five on the email? <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. Did you f- f- fudge up? Oh, wow, good one. <laughs> Ryan, turn in your gun on your badge. Today, we are going to be discussing uh, the first episode of Phineas and Ferb, the first two segments. Uh, again, going by proper production order because we are not heathens like the monsters who run Disney+. Plus. Um <clears throat> No, 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 it's okay. No, you're right. Like, they are just sort of savage beast people. They are just monkeys with typewriters. Monkeys with typewriters. The musical. Anyway, uh, the first episode is Roller Coaster slash Candace Loses Her Head. Um, I think, and this is a controversial opinion, but I think that these first two episodes of Phineas and Ferb might be, and get ready for some big-time hyperbole, these might be some of the most important 
pieces of television ever created. <laughs> and let me explain why. Oh, boy. You're going to be like, oh, the moon landing or I Love Lucy or some garbage like that. No, I don't it, like that you just said the moon landing was television created. Are you a moon no, landing No, no, no. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. It's not a, it's not a theory if I know it's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm not a, I'm not a tinfoil hat person. I, I, I know them. Someone landed on the moon. The point <laughs> Yeah, Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, no, even a bunch of cows. Even Stevens taught me cows get on the ship. Even Stevens taught me that we went to the moon in 1969, not 68, but the year after. Exactly. No, I would just. I think these two episodes are so important because I think if you go to anyone of a certain age, they know what happens in a Phineas and Ferb episode. And having seen the entire series, there are more episodes that are variations on the plot than there are just straight up performances of the plot. You know what I mean? Like, more often than not, it's I like... I think our confused face is that the listeners can't see, say, that we don't know what you mean. <laughs> well, having watched all of Phineas and Ferb before, it a lot of episodes are weird variations. Like, Perry shows up and Doof actually wants his help with something. Uh, or okay, Candace, okay. Candace wants to stop Mom. Like, these become uh, irrefutable facts of the universe of Phineas and Ferb. Everything always resets. And it is primarily just from the first few episodes, because after a certain point, you don't get too many episodes that function in the classic Phineas and Ferb formula because it is so universally known. It's like, uh, it's just something that we all expect to happen is the way it normally works, which is why the latter half of the show is just building on these first couple of episodes. That's very true. And I was thinking about that when we were watching the first few episodes because I was sitting there like, oh, wow, like almost like not too much happens here like it's very the first few are very centered on the idea that Phineas and Ferb just think of something fun to do they do it and like things work out for them whereas as it goes on you kind of see like I guess the emotional plot line behind it like even something as simple as Isabella has the hiccups and that's why we're going to do this today yeah well or or like just the fact that these first couple episodes they build the thing Candace tries to get the mom to see it. She fails, and Perry and Doofenshmirtz fight over some crazy invention. Yeah. That simple idea is becomes so rooted in in everyone's brain that they never have to like stick to this rigid setup. After this, like the episode where Phineas and Ferb go to the giant department store and they're trying to get the uh, well, <laughs> Ferb is trying to help Vanessa get pizzazium infanionite <laughs> has nothing to do with the plot of Phineas and Ferb there is no Perry fighting Doofenshmirtz and the boys don't build anything in that episode Phineas spends the entire episode in a massage chair but like you know that that's a weird episode whether or not you have seen that much Phineas and Ferb because somehow in everyone's brain we know how one of these episodes works and it's because of these first few episodes it is a a massive part of the popular consciousness of our generation, ergo, this is an important piece of television history. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I would like to run for Congress. <laughs> I do think the, the first episode, while it's not my favorite episode, The Roller Coaster, I think it just is such an iconic piece to the whole series because I don't really know another series that references their pilot as much as Phineas and Ferb. The fact that we redo the roller coaster later as a musical. We go back in time to the first day of summer where they are building the roller coaster. The fact that it gets mentioned in Milo Murphy's Law. Like, there's just... I think that it's just such a rarity that you see the pilot of a show referenced over and over again throughout the series. It feels a little bit like how the the Marvel movies start out so... The new Marvel Comics movies. They start out so small. They start out with a crazy rich guy builds a robot suit 
And then now it's like we're fighting purple people from space with the power to destroy half the world with the snap of their finger. They get so big. And after a certain point, you don't need to hear the introduction of everyone. Spider-Man just shows up in the middle of one of those movies. And everybody's like, yeah, it's Spider-Man. Like, it's not a big deal. Meanwhile, we spent an entire first movie on Guy Builds Robot Suit. And we've had however many callbacks to Guy Builds Robot Suit throughout those movies because it became such an indomitable part of popular culture. And because the first couple episodes of Phineas and Ferb are so iconic and so stuck in your brain that, you know, in the future, they don't even have to tell you Phineas and Ferb are going to build something today. They could start with them building it or they can go crazy and everyone in the world knows what Phineas and Ferb is now. It's true. I also think the beginning episodes are so important to set up a lot of our running gags. You know, the, oh, there you are, Perry, or hey, where's Perry? You know, yeah. Ferb not speaking, just all these things that will be built upon to the point where ha- sometimes the jokes in the later episodes are the fact that nobody has said any of the classic yeah. lines, um, which I think is really cool. Ryan, you have something to say? No, the fact that I haven't said anything should tell you that I don't have anything to say. <laughs> All right. I thought you said it very well. I thought you're very, I, thought, I think you're very well spoken. And I, should I thank be you in for Congress. <laughs> I should be a little congressman. I'm going to be yeah, a little, always be my little congressman. I'm going to be a little congressman. So the first episode roller coaster. Um, for those of you, <clears throat> just as a refresher, the first episode roller coaster, Phineas and Ferb, they decide to build a roller coaster. Candace wants to stop them and tell mom, and Doofenshmirtz is trying to. I can't ever say it with a straight face. <laughs> he is trying to wrap the entire eastern seaboard in tin foil to use a giant magnet. To reverse the rotation of the Earth. Yes. We do not know why why he he wants wants to to? reverse the rotation of the Earth. He doesn't seem to want to turn back time or make money. As a scientist, you would know that this would just... Just make the gravity stop working, right? We'd all fly off into space. I actually know that's definitely not true. That's from a Pinky and the Brain episode. Where Brain says if he makes the Earth spin backwards, everyone will fly off into space. The fact that you get your science information <laughs> from Pinky and the Brain says a lot. That's why I'm not in charge of the bracket, okay? Yeah, Fair but enough. we put Molly in charge of the bracket. Hey. Yeah, but Molly doesn't watch Pinky and the Brain. Well, that's... I like Pinky and the Brain, but I wouldn't say I actively watch, no. Now, we've, we've all taken notes. Very scholarly, <laughs> very studiously. Ryan has lost I his I lost notes. my notebook because we watched the first episode. I don't even know how long ago, so I'm sorry I lost you know, notebook. Um, so Ryan's a C plus student at best. That's not true. Yes, yes, yes. Ryan prides himself on his academic standing. I'm scholar. <laughs> so <laughs> the um in the first episode, it's the first episode. So I think one of the things that we just always notice is that the voices are a little bit off. Nace's yeah. voice is like a little deeper. Um, I wouldn't say deeper. I'd say he sounds like an eleven year old child. I just think he sounds weird. Yeah, right, Herb, right, I I'll know say. what we're going to do today. I think today. it sounds a little deeper. We still see a little bit of that, like, more, I don't want to use the word cynical, sarcastic Phineas, like, in he's the a, beginning. He's a little bit, he's a little tool. A little yeah, bit. he, he starts a, off mean, whereas, like, you see him later in the series, and obviously, you know, he's he does things that are very nice. Even, these aren't complete sentences, clearly. Um. Yeah, I think that you see Phineas later as just, like, this optimistic, fun-loving, happy guy. And they don't really seem, they think that mom is going to be proud of the things that they're doing. Whereas in this, like, I don't really get that vibe. 
I don't know. They kind of lie. Yeah. They lie to Candace. She asks what they're doing, and Phineas says, homework. Yeah. And she says, it's summer. And he says, you wait till the last minute then. Like, it's an odd little wrinkle of just, again, there's some production artwork that Dan Povenmire's posted from him and, and Swampy Marsh working on the early version of this, because they tried to get this show made for like 16 years before it ever hit the air. And, um, and and you can see in a lot of those drawings, Phineas is like a rude, sarcastic, boy genius kind of character. He has these like rings under his eyes. Just he's, he looks like a little monster boy. He's Thank mean you. looking. Yeah, I agree. You're welcome. And that's why it is important that you have this episode, I feel like in the beginning, because if you watch this in a different order, you're kind of just like, what the heck's wrong with Phineas? Like, Yeah, like whoever wrote this, but it's, <laughs> it's just the development. It's just the development. Um, also, this has to be the first episode because the this is where they kind of set up the whole plot of the series by saying, when we go back to school, they're going to ask us what we did all summer, and we yeah. don't want to just say that we didn't do anything. And if you have that in the middle, it's weird. Yeah. So, Disney Plus, get your crap together. Harsh words. Yeah, Molly. You really, really take it on that corporate giant Disney. Fight the power. Eat the rich. Fix the viewing order of Phineas and Ferb. And put the weekenders on Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, that's actually a real one, guys. Better get on that. Um, yeah, um, I think that also it's just, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody else talk. All right. There's some weirdness in Phineas and Ferb about the difference between a misty, Mr. Slushy Burger and a Mr. Slushy Dog. Sometimes the employees are wearing regular hats, and sometimes those hats have little wieners on them. And you know what? I think they're just two different franchises it's like related to the same. Related to each other. Jeremy works at both of them. Yes, and Jeremy in this episode might work at Mount Rushmore instead of in the town because they get well, like they get like flung towards the woods don't right, they here's a little bit of a thing candace says on the phone to stacy that jeremy who we've never met before is supposed to be working at the mr slushy burger that's in the mall yeah and then yet when we're on the roller coaster we have them dip down to a mr slushy burger that's in the middle of the woods there where we see the jeremy johnson we all know being there so like i don't know if candace is confused about his shift if he just is i think he's part of the mr slushy burger exchange program we hear at some point where they work at different ones we hear that um, candace loses her head correct i believe so um where he's at the one at mount rushmore yeah so that's that's our introduction to Jeremy Johnson, although we are not told it is Jeremy Johnson. And it doesn't sound like him, and it's just a drawing of a blonde boy from far away. Yep. Um, In the roller coaster, the musical, I think they just reuse that same footage, and they just dub over with Mitchell Musso's voice. I actually don't know. But it, it looks like the same shot, obviously, on purpose. Um, yeah, roller coaster, the musical. It was funny watching the first one back, because roller coaster, the musical, is, is like such a far evolution of what the show is, and it's so much better, and... The music and spectacular. The music spectacular. Even just the the, the, the title track, Roller Coaster. <laughs> hey, Ferb, a classic. It really is. It actually, I'm doing like a voice, but I really love the music in Roller Coaster the musical. But it's just so interesting to see how much they've evolved. And then when they use little clips from the first episode in Roller Coaster the musical, you can tell there's a difference in the animation, which is interesting because I would never call the animation in the first couple episodes bad or anything and the characters don't actually look different the model sheets are pretty much the same there's just something about it there's like a texture to yeah, it yeah there's a little mm, bit of a texture and i think it's still uh wang uh film doing the doing the production on uh phineas and Ferb. i think they animated just about every episode of the show 
So I don't know if they switched their uh, production method or if, you know, they found a new way of doing inking paint or something. It just, it looks different somehow. It's a little bit different. And I think that's, you notice that in the first few episodes, um, just just something a little off. But not bad. Still not bad. And that's one of those things that I feel like if you're not watching it in a row or you haven't seen the entire series. You wouldn't clock it. Like, we wouldn't clock that our first time watching through and but this is something I really hope that if you are listening to this podcast that you consider rewatching the show along with us because yeah. after having seen the show and you get when you get to watch it back again you just notice so many more things like I know Ryan and I really appreciated all the little things that were written on the cereal boxes in the food store aisle. Um we had the cereal called mmm and like also palm. palm. Yeah. Palm. Just said palm. Um and ni- nice little things in the background which you really get to appreciate. Yeah. Um, do we have much else to say about um, Roller Coaster? Yes, I think we should talk about um, the music. The because lack of music? Well, yes, the lack thereof. Because um, we do have Roller Coaster the musical, which, as we said, has such amazing music. But in the first episode, we... Now, this could just be us, but we all remember originally when it... When the first episode aired, that the Perry the Platypus theme was in the episode. Yeah. We well, I'm pretty sure it aired at the credits. Yes. I because feel like we it's they play like little do 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 as he's flying. I don't remember. Yeah, they so yeah. we get the doobie doobie doo wah, but we don't get They don't sing the song, but in our memory, I feel like when the show was previewed after the premiere of High School Musical 2. I feel like they aired that song, but I, I could be Yes, no, I am so that. confident that after High School Musical, because they didn't play, this is the problem when you aren't watching it live, you know? When you're watching it on something like Disney+, Plus, this episode isn't by itself. When it first aired, um, Roller Coaster premiered by itself. And so I think in the credits that Perry the Platypus, his little theme was played. But that doesn't happen with this because it's paired with... Um, Candace loses her head, which has a different ending credits thing. So we don't get to see that. So there really isn't a song in the first episode of Phineas and Ferb, except the theme song and the just the background doobie doobie doo us. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Do you guys you know how on Disney Channel that they would have um they would just like air music videos? Yeah. Like you know, it would pop up and it has like little white text in the corner saying what yeah, it is. I just feel like they do did you think that, with that yeah, do you think that they did that with the Perry the Platypus theme? It definitely happened, but I don't think that's what we're that's thinking. Because that okay. animation of the Perry the Platypus theme song, if you're watching it on Disney+, Plus, the animation of the Perry the Platypus theme song, where Doofenshmirtz is in that big weird robot and, and all yeah. that stuff, that uh, that animation plays over the credits of the uh, second production episode. It plays over the credits of Lawn Gnome Beach Party of Terror. But th- that song is not in... Long Known Beach Party of Terror or Fast and the Phineas, which are the two episodes that have it on the credits. And the the performance, the musical performance of that song sounds slightly different. Yeah, it sounds like a different person singing it or it's lower or something. It's also edited to remove the, I said you could call him Agent P, lines at the end. So that version of it, I wonder if that was the version that aired on TV initially and we have forgotten that that's what the theme song used to sound like. Or if that version is just put over the credits because on television they aired that with roller coaster during the premiere we don't know and we have no facts to back any of this up we've got no idea we just have the memories of us as children (laughs) what we have is some microphones and a laptop and an opinion that needs to be heard (laughs) um something different also about the first episode of phineas and ferb just is 
Uh, so I'm going to be keeping track of the side characters that appear um, to try to keep a running total of which side characters appear the most. Um, in the first episode, we see Isabella, and we don't really see any of the other friends that will come to know and love, but we do kind of have an off-model Buford and Irving. They just, like, kind of look like them. They don't sound like them. Um, and we just see them as the kids that fall out of the tree after um, the roller coaster crashes. I personally would just chalk that up to this art style having a very distinctive look yeah. to the, the children. And if you draw, you know, a, a, a round, pale little boy with brown hair in this art style, it looks a lot like Buford. Um, there, in these early episodes, the background extras do look very odd. I don't think they had put together the packet of... Uh, background extras that they ended up using for the rest of the show because the people just look different. They're a little more cartoony. And then when you go later into Phineas and Ferb, the other characters outside of Phineas and Ferb are not triangle shaped or super round. They're just like drawings of people. That's all. Um, you know, just for the. I believe the, that's it for roller coaster. Unless you were just about to say something. No, that's that really all I have. I mean, there's a lot of like CGI and mixing in. Uh, photo elements that kind of isn't as prominent later in Phineas and Ferb when the roller coasters zooming through downtown. That's all CG yeah. and, and yeah, which the tin foil. The, the tin foil is a photograph. Yeah, that's something that I feel like we see in the beginning. We see a lot of photograph type things, like that we don't really see in the other yeah. um, later episodes. I also just have to always comment on the fact that that roller coaster does not look remotely sturdy at all. Like all of the. Yeah. Um, metal is so bent. The aesthetic and- of what they build is very different because later on, everything they build is like perfect and infallible. Yeah. Yeah. And in this first episode, like the roller coaster is falling apart as they're riding it and it, it's being manipulated and moved around. And like in a later Phineas and Ferb episode, the roller coaster would be like powered by cold fusion or something because yeah. the show evolved so much. But yeah, that's really all I have to say. Um, yeah. Oh, except that when Doofenshmirtz get hit, gets hit in the <laughs> foot with that screw, Perry the Platypus like flicks a screw up in the air and it hits Doof in the foot and then Doof starts screaming. That's a little violent for Phineas and Ferb. Just like, you know, your average Disney show does not have someone get a screw in their foot. There's no blood. There should yeah. be. Doofenshmirtz should be spraying fountains of blood. He should be anemic. It just like ketchup. Okay. Um, I would also like to mention that there was no... The device that Doofenshmirtz makes is not yes. called an anator. It's not. It no. is not called um, an anator. I forget what it is called because that was on my notebook. I lost. It's. I think it's just called the mag. I think it's mag- called the magnifier. Yeah. And then when they do roller coaster the musical, he calls it a magnifinator. Yeah. But in in the episode, he just says we must separate the magnet from the magnifier or whatever it is. Something. I don't know. Look, I'm not a doctor. Let's move on to the second episode. Candace loses her head. This is the episode where, in case you're wondering, they go to Mount Rushmore. And uh, Candace is beheaded for her crimes against the the proletariat. You see, as a member of the bourgeoisie, the upper class, she is considered to be uh, uh, feasting off of the suffering of those beneath her. She is implicit in all of the the wrongdoings against the lower class because I Candace is a member of the. You watched a different. No, yeah, they dr- they bring Candace up. They ask her, you know, they they tell her the people are starving, Candace. You know, what are they to do? There is no bread. And she goes, let them eat cake because she is so out of touch Mm. that she does not understand that the lack of bread would not simply mean eat cake. She's never been in the outside world. She's she's pampered. You see, I watched an episode where Phineas and Ferb's family goes to Mount Rushmore, the thing every teenage girl wants to do for her birthday. And Phineas and Ferb... have you seen those heads, Molly? You can't tell me those men are not sexy. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I started um, speaking and I didn't know where I was going with it. 
Well, I think we'll bleep you over with the with the oh, just nah, 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 yeah with nah, the climp balloon, just the magical old timey bathing suit that lives in Himalaya. Sounds good to me. Nah, 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 nah. So they go to Mount Rushmore, the thing that not really any teenage girl wants to do for her birthday, unless you're like I don't know, really into Mount Rushmore. Um, and Phineas and Ferb decide we're going to deface a national monument for Candace's birthday and put her face on it with the presidents. Does it count as defacing if you're adding a face? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, yeah, and like that. you're my little congressman. My little congressman. People <laughs> <laughs> are gonna be like, "What is this?" Guy? It's not an inside joke. Ryan just started saying I that just ten minutes saying ago. It earlier. Um, I am not crazy about this episode. I think it's cute, but I oh, I'm bananas. <laughs> I'm loco. I'm loco for Candace loses her head. They peaked in episode two. Don't know why they kept making them. I, lo- I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I'm know. Sorry. I'm just not I like, like crazy about <laughs> I mean, it personally. Good <laughs> So uh, this episode, Candace has a, a dream sequence, and we get a song celebrating her birthday from imaginary people, and that's the first Phineas and Ferb song. You know, it's the first time. Just randomly in an episode, they're singing about something. Uh, and obviously, that sets a precedent for later in the show because they never stop singing after this. Um, but yeah, in the song, it is established that Candace is allergic to dairy, which is something that is kept consistent throughout the rest of the show. However, as pointed out by a nine-year-old uh, to Dan to Dan Pavenmeyer and Swampy Marsh at a Q&A, as this nine-year-old astutely noted... Um, Candace is allergic to dairy, and her favorite food is grilled cheese. And these are two separate facts that the writers have always kept consistent, yet directly contradict each other. His immediate answer was that it was soy cheese, but he had not observed this before. And I I just thought you should all know. I think it's crazy that none of us noticed that. Like, that yeah. really blew my mind when I had heard that. Anyway. Yeah, I really like that opening song um, a lot. I enjoy the rhymes i think that it's too true that candace looks like a praying mantis um i think that that's hysterical i love that from that um phineas and ferb it cuts to them trying to make this like better than candace's birthday last year and i just love the shot of this gorilla popping out (laughs) of candace's cake the way she screams just the for whatever reason they thought it was a good idea i don't know i just every time it gets me you know molly it's interesting you opened by saying you weren't crazy about this episode and yet here you are saying so many nice things about it i didn't say it was a bad one it just wasn't one of my favorites well i'm crazy about it don't know about you but i could use another i could use another spoonful of candace loses her head This is Evis. This you're insane. Piping hot off the pyrac, cooling on the windowsill. Big steaming bowl of Candace loses it. I mean, it's by no means the best song. Like this isn't going to get very far in the bracket. Let's be real. I like the song. Okay, well the bracket isn't just up to you. I think the song's one of the better parts of the episode. Well, yeah, but but you're not crazy about it. Is kind of kind of booty. So. No, you have to bleep that. But you know, I do have the to word bleep. booty. Booty is too much. You know what? Unless you're a pirate, <laughs> it's not rage. It's not getting on it. Hey, hey, look at me. Look at me. Yeah, arg. Oh, sir, he pirate. Am pirate. Am <laughs> um, dirty pirate boy. This is the first episode where we get to see Phineas and Ferb's dad, or well, Lawrence. I'm just gonna say, you can say that with title with respect. Um, Lawrence Fletcher. What a man. Um, we get to meet him for the first time, and that is pretty cool. 
Actually, I met him for the first time at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. You always call it Fish Under the Sea because you don't remember my stories because I'm a sad alcoholic in the 1980s. Anyway. Candice. We um we also have the weird like B plot of Doofenshmirtz. <laughs> words. I don't no. remember that. Candy, she's like candies. Candace, she's like a bowl of cherries. Candace, <laughs> so. she's allergic to dairies. <laughs> she no, she's got a name with seven letters, and she only wears designer sweaters. She doesn't wear a sweater at all. Yeah, she but it's a, it's just a line in it's the song. It's a line. If she were to wear sweaters, they'd be designer. She only has two. That's why we always see her in that, that tank top. Also, um, it's the summer. It's the summer. So we don't know what she's wearing in the winter. Summer. Man, where do we begin? All right. Um, we have the B-plot with Doofenshmirtz in this one where he is trying to, like, drill to the center of the earth, I guess. No, he wants or, to go to doing? China. Oh, is that what he's and trying to do? And set up a toll. Oh, okay. And there's just, we get some hot lava. The molten, no, the, the liquid magma at the Earth's core completely slipped his mind, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I just love that, um, I love his, we get so much doof screaming in this episode, which uh, is just a fantastic his sound. Just so intoxicating. <laughs> His beard is so twisted. <laughs> his beard is so twisted. I no, love getting I just, to hear the Just yell. Dan Havenmeyer's voice, whenever his voice cracks, yes. especially when he's singing, it's no. the funniest. It's that beautiful noise. Freaking thing in the entire world. It really is. I love the way he screams. I love, this is when we get uh, an example of this in the last one, but I, I love... Um, and by impeccable, I mean completely impeccable. Just that one of all the times he does that, that is my hands I'll down say favorite. It. Dan Povenmeyer has a better falsetto than fame. Uh, what's his name? Adam Adam Levine. I hope I'm old. The Maroon Five boy. Adam Levine. Adam I Levine. You were gonna go for like a Bee Gees reference. <laughs> Who? I'm, I'm old, but I'm not that old. I am old. I'm ancient. Look at me. I'm withering. Oh God. Nine. I'm dust. Jeez. I'm dust. <laughs> um, again with Doofenshmirtz's plan here he is not looking to take over the tri-state area as we've come to know and love his motive is money I does <laughs> what is wrong oh no the, the wind <laughs> what goodbye friend this is not going to work for non-visual. Well, just two of they us could now. they could tell I was getting quieter, Molly. They could tell they could tell that was the way. Yeah, that was some good foley arting. Foley arting, farting for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, highbrow humor. Back to Candace loses her head. Uh, listen, I'm gonna just blow through my five notes that I took about this episode real quick. You know, I'm very sensitive about the word notes because <laughs> I don't have a notebook. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. C plus student at best. Anyway, um. Double D student, Danny. <laughs> for kids. All right. Like I said. Um, I thought we were proving that videos and verb is for adults. Yes, but this podcast is for families. <laughs> girls, girls, girls. <laughs> well, that'll get cut out. Okay. What? Why? I'm going to dub you over this time with the Ducky Momo sound. The quack, 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 quack. Ducky Momo, Ducky can I just, Momo. Can I just swear? He's your very best friend. One, one episode in the future. Can I just swear for like three minutes straight and you just go quack, 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 It's such a pleasing little quack noise. I think it's I think it's Dee Bradley Baker making that noise. Do they really get him for that? For that noise. Well, they get him every episode for, for Perry. Perry, but like usually yeah. they just use the one clip and then he does like sad ones or angry. Oh, yeah, ones. I was gonna say, like, how many different sounds does Perry make? 
Well, because they're going to have to pay him for every episode if they use that sound. (laughs) (laughs) The guy who did the Roadrunner for the Looney Tunes in the 1930s, he recorded like four sounds for them, and they've just been using them on a loop. I don't think he ever got paid for it because there was no... Dick Face says, meet me. Like, (laughs) it's just the one thing. (laughs) No, he also does that little tongue noise where it's like... Like he... What, you, what is that? The Roadrunner in the Looney Tunes. You're telling me that they didn't just take a door spring and then pull it back and just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I believe he also now makes a little tongue noise. It's fully artistry. <laughs> <laughs> the fartistry. The fartistry. Thank you. Uh, More highbrow comedy. Let me just finish my notes yeah, real quick. Finish your notes, yeah. All right. There's a fun little thing behind the the behind the mom in the Lindana. Behind <laughs> Linda in the shop when they're at the Mount Rushmore gift shop, there's a thing that says President, all day suckers, and they're little lollipops <laughs> that look like the presidents, and I just think that's funny. Yeah, that's a good one. Doofenshmirtz's drill looks a lot like the Mean Machine, which is the car Dick Dastardly drives in the Wacky Races cartoon. This is a reference for old people like me. I'm 19. I old people like me. <laughs> uh, on Wacky Races, Dick Dastardly, uh, his car is is double zero. It's the Mean Machine. It's a a car that he uses to sabotage the other people, and it looks almost exactly like this drill, except it's a regular car with no tire treads. Um, let's see. And the only other thing I have is that Candace's little light motif, her little dun 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 dun. Dun, 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 which sounds just like the Wicked Witch of the West theme, which I'm sure is on purpose. But um, her little theme, there is a presidential version of it in this episode. And it's interesting that in the second episode of the show, she gets a variation on her little theme song, where as she's like, when they show the Mount Rushmore, they play dun, 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 but with, um, with like trumpets. And it sounds like little, Hail to the Chief. Yes. Yeah. A little Hail to the Chiefish. But that's all I really have about the episode. I also love the joke of buying the the big stick yeah. for walk softly and carry to the chief Hail to the chief now's Hi. not a great time for patriotism anyway <laughs> um for my notes for this episode <laughs> <laughs> for my notes for this episode um one thing that i have that i'd like we meet the fireside girls for the first time here and isabella just came to the mount rushmore what is happening? <laughs> Isabella just showed up because the Fireside Girls are getting their badge, right? Right, but they, she has a change of clothes with her for some reason, and that really got me. She arrives um, in her The Fireside Girls are prepared, madam. They are very prepared. And that I, is the Boy Scout motto, and I assume that they have the same ethos. Uh, thanks, thanks, Danny. Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. What? Buzzkill. How am I a buzzkill? I was agreeing with you. Oh, um, ah. We have a really great vision. Ah. We have why, are you al- why are you always comparing the Fireside Girls to the Boy Scouts? Why can't we compare the Boy Scouts? Why, why are the Boy Scouts the standard to be compared to, Daniel? Because you're a sexist. No, Thank you I, for yeah. saying those words. Because I was a Boy own. Scout, and their Thank motto you. is be prepared. Danny, you were a really bad Boy Scout. I was a horrible Boy Scout. I got like it. two merit badges, and I never did anything. I never went camping once. I showed up, and before it was nighttime, I left because I didn't want to sleep in a tent. I was a bad Boy Scout. I was horrible at it. Uh, they, You know what we did in Boy Scouts? They gave everyone a pocket knife. And they were like, kids, if you want to use the pocket knife, you have to draw a blood circle. And we were like, what's that? And they're like, you hold your arm out with the pocket knife and you spin in a circle to make sure no one's close enough to you I to really hit them with the knife. I really you were going like, to tell us that like, we did a ritual. Th- that you like did a blood oath with these pocket knives. And I was going to tell you, Danny, these are not Boy Scouts. A Boy you Scout is prepared. A Boy Scout is kind. A Boy Scout serves his community. Just like a dark satanic ritual. But for Boy Scouts. That's terrifying. For kids. You know, before you're a Boy Scout, your last year of Cub Scouts, you're called the Weeblos, and <sighs> this is a family show. Anyway, <laughs> um, we have a really great visual gag in this episode. Um, Perry the Platypus uses his head like a woodpecker, and it's it's just <laughs> it great. Is. 
a sight to be seen. It's truly a sight to be I seen. I do like Perry's little inner tube uh, drilling device, like his little personal. It's just a yeah. tire with some knives on it, and he just <laughs> spins around. I like that. Um, yeah. um, I like that um, we get to see Doof and Perry working together. I always love that one. Perry kind of has to save Doof, even though he got himself into this mess. Um, I can't get over the fact that Mom gets fooled by the basic doodle of Mount Rushmore. Oh and God. then when Candace calls her back and is like, Mom, look, she's like, wow, it really is nice. And it's like, you mean to tell me that you thought this doodle... Like uh, I would think I was going insane if I yeah. saw the doodle and then the real thing. Well, you. I don't even care about that. I just think that the doodle itself is, is fun. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's and a good doodle. I think that uh, this is again we see piece of art than the actual Mount Rushmore. But that is just one art expert opinion. <laughs> I am an artist. Sure. You're looking at class artist here. I was voted class artist of 2020. It was a, cler- a it was a clerical error. It was a it was quite literally because I am the worst artist in the world. Uh, at one time, this is absolutely true. I was trying to teach Ryan to draw because I'm a cartoonist, and I tried to teach him to draw. And I was trying to teach him to draw Spider Man. <laughs> and at the end of the drawing. I go, okay, Ryan, show me what you got. And he turned it around, and it was a stick figure with a cigarette hey, in its no, mouth. No, no, no. <laughs> it was not Spider-Man. No. First of all, he was not a stick figure. He had a very boxy um, kind of torso area yeah. with stick-like <laughs> arms and legs, and he was smoking a cigar because he has class, <laughs> Danny. That was a nice Cuban in that Spider-Man's mouth right there. Don't smoke, kids. Oh, it wasn't a cigarette. It was a Cuban. <laughs> oh, it was a small Cuban person. That he had little blaze. That's way better than smoking. Yeah, guys. What do you think the Cuban Missile was? <laughs> small Cuban man, little blaze. It was a secret conspiracy where JFK lit 100 Cuban people on fire. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll cut um, out that last part. Another, the rest another reason that the show is for adults is, I would say, again, kind of like what you were talking about with the screw in the toe. The sheer violence that occurs, Candace straight up face plants down the stairs of Mount Rushmore and then bangs her head into a metal pole and she's fine and um I just think but people getting hurt is so funny even just the image of just a cartoon woman not even a woman it's the sound effect to hear her face plant and then pop right up and it's still like mom it's that's a good little Candace ma'am the way she says ma'am I love um, Ashley Tisdale. She's a great actor. She's really, really she? great. Ashley Tisdale had my favorite Twitter feud in the world. Did she really? Yes, because it was she literally just <laughs> what happened was she lives uh, in California and apparently she lives next to Kevin Smith and really? he had really? <laughs> he dinged her like mirror on her car. And she went on Twitter and and said, like, I'm angry. Kevin Smith (laughs) dinged my car. And people were, like, furious at her. Like, why not just have this discussion in private? Why must you take to Twitter, Ashley Tisdale? And then she went over to Kevin Smith's house to apologize. And he was like, I'm sorry, I scratched your car. And, like, there's, like, this very sweet ending to this Twitter beef. It was just nothing. It was, like, well, apparently they get along rather well. Did they, like, make a door, like, in between their, like, the two walls of that connect their apartment? So now they just, like... (laughs) You know, they just, like, walk in like the friends do in Friends. Uh, no, they live in houses, but sure. Oh, for some reason, I felt like they were both apartment people. You feel like Kevin I want, Smith I want a remake of Friends with Ashley Tisdale, Kevin Smith, <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg somewhere in there. This is an interesting cast you've lined up. But and yeah. it's just the three of them, and they sw- they do the other three roles as well. Yeah. But anyway, it's Ruth just... Bader Ginsburg is all three men. <laughs> 
I would, anyway. love, I would love to watch 98-year-old Ruth Bader Ginsburg try to do We Were on a Break. <laughs> but she's Rachel in this. No, but she'd be way better at litigating that issue. Like, she would win the argument because she's, like, a genius. She's a lawyer. She's on the Supreme Court. Like, she's a judge, you know? She could she could litigate that and she could actually win the argument this but, time. But she's Rachel and she's also Ross. Wait, she's both? Yeah, she's Oh, is this men. like a mock trial? No, like, like... So let me tell you how this works. Kevin Smith, <laughs> Monica. Of course. Ashley Tisdale. Natural Evie. casting, yes. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Ross, Joey, Chandler, and Rachel. <laughs> this is like... The, no, Danny, the yeah. episode in, like, season... I don't even know what it is. Like, season nine, I think, where um, they're all... Um, they're not on vacation, but they go to that thing for Ross, and then there's, like, that whole thing with Charlie there. But then... <laughs> but, but Ross, the scene where where Joey and Rachel are like going to sleep together, and Ross comes in, and they do that whole bit where like Joey has died. Hey, you can pause and, this because we're not going to hear it. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg is all three. This is a Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> I just wanted to say that I thought Ashley Tisdale was a nice person. Yeah. That was uh, all. Is that how that started? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If you're going to tell me that we use none of that. Oh, it'll go Ryan, in. Just Ryan, edit it. Yeah, Ryan, we'll... why don't you tell us your note about this episode? You know I don't have my notebook. I have it. The pocket. Kids is that pocket. she drew a pocket? <laughs> okay, so in this episode, Candace, <laughs> in her skirt, I suppose... Or canonically, it's a skort. It's yeah. confirmed in the episode where she is. Oh, it up- is a skort. Well, because she's upside down yeah. in that one episode, and she's like floating above the table. And Candace's mom just leans over, and goes, "Thank goodness she's wearing her skort, because otherwise the skirt would would flop Flutter. down, and we'd right. be embarrassed for Candace because she's really having a skort. Is. She's I'm having dinner with the Johnsons. What's the difference between a skort and a skirt? Skort has shorts underneath it. Oh, so I thought it was just a short skirt. No. Who wears like short wears skorts? Short we wear short skorts. No. So tell the tell them about about the pocket. I mean, I, I, I tell them about the twig. <laughs> <laughs> she just she just randomly has a pocket that we see nowhere else in the series, as far as I can remember. And that's pretty much uh, my that's my hot take on the pocket, Molly. Well, that's my hot it pocket. It's just that she has her <laughs> phone and she's holding her phone in her pocket that we get to see, and many other times it's just like where her phone come from. We don't see her take it out of her pocket. It kind of just usually appears. Riveting stuff. I thought it was like in a video game where a character, when a character needs to hold something in a video game, a lot of times... <laughs> and if they you... just pull it out of nowhere. Yeah, like sometimes it'll just like pop into their hand before they lift their Why hand are you up. keeping that phone, Candace? Candace. I want answers. Candace, does your phone s- sort of splorp out of your hand like you're a video game guy? Like you're, like you're Scorpion in Mortal Kombat and the, the knife just kind of splorps out of your hand so you can grab someone and go get over here. I'm Candace from Phineas and Ferb, but I splorp like out of my hand. Matthew Ray Goobler's depressed Jonathan videos. I'm so sorry to say that that's not a universal reference that a lot of people <laughs> Unlike Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Unlike all <laughs> four. Ruth Bader Ginsburg <laughs> members playing four of the six <laughs> characters and friends, the other two being Ashley Tisdale and Kevin Smith as Monica, which is some very interesting casting. Yeah. I mean, he has had some dramatic weight loss since his heart attack. So I guess that could parallel Monica's no, storyline. No, it's the organizational skills. Oh, okay, you're right. Yeah, famous, famous organizer, Kevin Smith. Um. So, Danny, 
Do you want to give us the quotes from these two episodes, our favorite quotes? I am a keeper of a great stone tablet on which I chisel what we consider to be the best quotes from Phineas and Ferb. As you've heard, these will eventually go into a bracket of their own, but mostly they're just here because they're fun to read. They're so much fun to read and hear. Yeah, it's a a nice way. If you're binging through a TV show, take, take a little moment. Write down some of your favorite quotes. It's nice. You can get them tattooed on your body in various places. All right. From the first episode, the roller coaster, we have quake in your boots and watch helplessly. I will be doing bad voices for these. Okay. I have that one tattooed right above the boot line. <laughs> <laughs> you can decide I'll, you can decide where the boot line is for you, but above, I know where mine is. Yes, above my boot line, which is about thigh high, I have that's left boot trap crazy from mm. much later in the show, which is one of my favorite bits. Left Great boot one. trap crazy. Okay. Um one of my favorite little Phineas and Ferb quotes that you can integrate into your day to day life is just Dan Povenmire's delivery of Well, that didn't work. Because he just clicks it's his K a hard at the end. K. That didn't work. Anyway, um, and then Phineas, as the roller coaster is is going crazy and out of control, very calmly says, we should have charged more, which is the only time that we hear any sort of monetary charging for Phineas and Ferb. So that's the first episode, our favorite quotes. Our favorite quotes from the second episode, we have two. Uh, Ma'am, if you handle the big stick, you got to buy it, which is just uh, some spectacular writing. (laughs) And then lastly, instead of curse you, parry the platypus, in this episode, Doofenshmirtz screams, a very just weird little fire upon you, Perry the Platypus, <laughs> which is... We have to turn the subtitles on to understand what he was saying, because I believe he's flying away. He's shooting yeah, out of the geyser at the mm. end, and he goes, fire upon you, Perry the Platypus, and like you can't understand it. <sighs> yeah. yeah. No. 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 Solid. Solid. It's just solid bit. Well, yeah. So that's the <laughs> first episode of... Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, and it's a good start for the show. A great start. It is nothing but up from here. Some of the most significant episodes in television history, I say. Put them in the National Film Registry, I say. Ladies and gentlemen, Danny's new character. My new character that I do, where I talk like this and try to proclaim the historical significance of Phineas and Ferb. That was really good. (laughs) Thanks, boss. So with the data. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Every time. (laughs) No, I I just need to say this for me. (laughs) Every time you perform, it it breaks my heart. It's such a beautiful way. He's putting real tears in his eyes right now. I can cry on command. Yeah, (laughs) we've all noticed. You brush my heart. It's <laughs> such a beautiful way. The emotion. The power. Um thank you. Oh, I, was, like, doing it I hope that you rewatch the series <laughs> along with us. Um and that you tune in again. That hopefully you made it to the end of this podcast and you decide to come back. Yeah, and hey, hey, if you're still listening right now, do us all a favor. And uh don't don't bother Dan Povenmire about the order of Phineas and Ferb or anything like that. But you know who you should bother? You should bother some Disney executives and tell them to make more Milo Murphy's Law. Yeah. Because that's a great show. And if you haven't watched Milo Murphy's Law, please watch it now. If you like Phineas and Ferb, you like Milo Murphy's Law. You like it without having even seen it. You already like it. Sit down and watch it. It's great. If we're bringing back the Clone Wars however many years after the Clone Wars is done, just to show you some more Star Wars pew pew, like there's not enough Star Wars – 
I tell you right now, we can bring back Milo Murphy's Law, people. Let's do yeah, it. Don't Let's- waste Dan Pavemeyer and Swampy Marsh's amazing music video they made to introduce that. Yeah. Like, no. Molly, they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again. We're going to get them to do it again. It's going to be great. 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 I agree. All right. Goodbye, everybody. See you next Thank time. Thank you all for listening. <clears throat> if you stay. Oh, what an ending. Oh, 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 oh,